This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, verse 12, it says, Indeed, the word of God is living and effective, sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating even between soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and able to discern reflections and thoughts of the heart. Yes, the Word of God is living and effective today in my life and in yours. And that's the very reason why I'm offering this weekly podcast where I reflect upon the liturgical scripture readings for the Sunday Mass. So now, please join me on Faith Moments with Dina Marie as we break open the Word of God together, inviting His Word to change our lives forever. Greetings and welcome to Faith Moments, a weekly podcast where we ponder and proclaim our Sunday Mass readings. We're right into the third week of the Lenten season, and for the third, fourth, and fifth Sundays in Lent, the Church makes it an optional reading to use the Year A readings for what we call the scrutinies. And so be listening for the Gospel reading, because I'm going to read from that Year A section of readings for these three weeks of the podcast They're beautiful readings. They're a little bit longer, and the priest will use these readings, particularly with those that are involved in the RCIA or the OCIA program. I talked about this last week when I talked about the right of election, and for these catechumens, who are preparing to be fully initiated into the church and receive those uh, sacraments of initiation, baptism, confirmation, and first Holy Eucharist. The church makes a time specific for this group of people to come into the church at the Easter vigil. And so these three weeks, the third, the fourth, and the fifth Sunday in Lent, there's always this option to have the scrutiny readings and for this special time for these men and women to come forward and to present themselves as they are making their final preparations for receiving the initiation into to coming into the church, and that is to receive those sacraments. Those other men and women who are called candidates are preparing for confirmation and first holy re, uh, first holy Eucharist. They've already received the sacrament of baptism, and so now they are making the full journey into the Catholic Church. So number one, I invite you to pray for these men and women who are moving forward into becoming fully initiated into the church. You may be at the Mass where this is happening. You may not, uh, but know that all over the world, uh, there are thousands upon thousands. In fact, we just got noticed that in the Archdiocese of Portland alone, the right of election, which happened on the first weekend of Lent, there were nearly a thousand people from all over the state of Oregon, just in the Archdiocese of Portland, who are coming forward as uh, as catechumens. That's exciting news because that's just one little speck on the spectrum of the whole world. And so know that men and women all over are going through a conversion. They are seeking the truth. They're seeking to live a different life. 
And that is the life of Christ, the way, the truth, and the life. So what's beautiful about the readings is we always go into the Old Testament for that first reading in the Holy uh, Sacrifice of the Mass. And we learn from our forefathers. We learn from those families that have gone before us. And we learn from the mistakes of the Israelites, which we're going to learn from today again. So let's pray for those who are preparing to receive the sacraments of the church, baptism, confirmation, first Holy Eucharist, come Holy Spirit and be with these families, be with these communities that they would receive the love of Jesus Christ. Let's begin today with our first reading. This is a reading from the book of Exodus. In those days, in their thirst for water, the people grumbled against Moses saying, Why did you ever make us leave Egypt? Was it just to have us die here in thirst with our children and our livestock? So Moses cried out to the Lord, What shall I do with this people? A little more and they will stone me. The Lord answered Moses, Go over there in front of the people, along with some of the elders of Israel, holding in your hand as you go the staff with which you struck the river. I will be standing there in front of you on the rock in Oreb. Strike the rock and the water will flow from it for the people to drink. This Moses did in the presence of the elders of Israel. The place was called Massah and Meribah because the Israelites quarreled there and tested the Lord saying, is the Lord in our midst or not? The word of the Lord. The responsorial psalm, Psalm 95. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Come, let us sing joyfully to the Lord. Let us acclaim the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us joyfully sing psalms to him. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Come, let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before the Lord who made us, for he is our God, and we are the people he shepherds, the flock he guides. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Oh, that today you would hear his voice. Harden not your hearts as at Meribah, as at the day of Massah in the desert, where your fathers tempted me. They tested me, though they had seen my works. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Our second reading is a reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Romans. Brothers and sisters, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith to this grace in which we stand, and we boast in hope of the glory of God. And hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. For Christ, while we were still helpless, died at the appointed time for the ungodly. Indeed, only with difficulty, Does one die for a just person, though perhaps for a good person, one might even find courage to die. 
but God proves his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The word of the Lord. Our gospel reading comes from the gospel of John chapter five, a reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of land that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. Jesus, tired from his journey, sat down there at the well. It was about noon. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How can you, a Jew, ask me, a Samaritan woman, for a drink? For Jews use nothing in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God, and who is saying to you, Give me a drink? You would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you do not even have a bucket, and the cistern is deep. Where, then, can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the cistern and drank from it himself with his children and his flocks? Jesus answered and said to her, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I shall give will never thirst. The water I shall give will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I may not be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come back. The woman answered and said to him, I do not have a husband. Jesus answered her, You are right in saying, I do not have a husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true, the woman said to him. Sir, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you people say that the place to worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, Believe me, woman. The hour is coming when you will worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You people worship what you do not understand. We worship what we understand, because salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. And indeed, the Father seeks such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming, the one called the Christ. When he comes, he will tell us everything. Jesus said to her, I am he, the one speaking with you. At that moment, his disciples returned and were amazed that he was talking with a woman. But still no one had said, what are you looking for? Or why are you talking with her? 
the woman left her water jar and went into the town and said to the people, come, see a man who told me everything I have done. Could he possibly be the Christ? They went out of the town and came to him. Meanwhile, the disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat of which you do not know. So the disciples said to one another, could someone have brought him something to eat? Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of the one who sent me and to finish his work. Do you not say in four months the harvest will be here? I tell you, look up and see the fields ripe for the harvest. The reaper is already receiving payment and gathering crops for eternal life so that the sower and reaper can rejoice together. For here the saying is verified that one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the work and you are sharing the fruits of their work. Many of the Samaritans of that town began to believe in him because of the word of the woman who testified. He told me everything I have done. When the Samaritans came to him, they invited him to stay with him, and he stayed there two days. Many more began to believe in him because of his word, and they said to the woman, We no longer believe because of your word, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is truly the Savior of the world. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Well, as you can hear in these readings, powerful readings of God's presence, God's healing power, God's desire to know us and to be first in our hearts, hearts that were once stone, those stony hearts that God over time, through many prophets, through many leaders like Moses, would continue to bring his people close to his heart. And so a couple of things I just want to point out, because those are our long readings. Jesus is here. Jesus is where you are. Jesus meets you where you are at. And we're going to unpack that just a little bit as we look into the gospel. But I just want to go back to the book of Exodus. And as I've mentioned in a few of these podcasts for this year, 2024, I've been reading with the podcast series, The Bible in a Year. And so the first two books that we go into are Genesis and Exodus. And so going back into the story from Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, you really get this sense of this people, this people that has been under oppression and persecution and slavery for 400 years, a, a people who has whose hearts have been identified by God, but they've lost their way because they've lived in a, a country a, a, under the Egyptian rule for this particular time in history with Moses coming to free the people. You know, they've come with many other gods, with many other ways to look at relationships and life that are very immoral and, and that offend God and offend one another. And so here God is giving the commandments uh, actually, let me get back into, um, you know, God has freed the people through the, the 
sometimes unwilling, but willing leadership of Moses and Aaron. Don't forget Aaron. And the people are immediately focusing on self-gratification. We need our water. We need our food. You know, they're just thinking of what's happening today. They're, they're so focused on the temporal needs. They're quick to complain. They're fickle people. And they quickly just start to complain without pondering what's going on. What's going on with our lives? What's happening that that miraculously through these plagues, through the parting of the Red Sea, through the, the drowning of so many Egyptians, God's doing something here. But they don't recognize that because all they can do is recognize their own thirst and their own stomachs. And so Moses is crying out once again to be an intercessor to the Lord. You know, I'm going to be stoned. These people are angry. And so the Lord once again provides their basic needs. You know, and, and it does remind us that we do have basic needs, you know, food and, and shelter and water, that we need those basic needs. And once those are met, then we're a little more aware of some of those other needs that we have, community and responsibilities. And so God provides what they ask for. However, their hearts are hardened because they're so doubting. The last sentence here in the scripture from Exodus, is the Lord in our midst or not? They really don't know what to think. And you can't blame them if you read the story and you really start to think about what was going on with these people. You know, God came to where they were at in the midst of their suffering in the midst of their fickleness, in the midst of the hardness of their heart and their easy susceptibility to drop back into bad habits. Listen, how many of us have tried to start a habit, whether it's eating good foods, whether it's exercise, whether it's I'm going to pray a certain amount of prayers a day, I'm going to pray a rosary, whatever those habits are that you're trying to train yourself to do something good. How many times do we fall? And it's, it's, What's more convenient? What I don't feel like going outside. It's too cold. It's too hot. Whatever it is, our, our, our carnal needs sometimes supersede those disciplines that we try to put upon ourselves for a greater good, for a greater good. I want to be able to be more patient with my children. I want to be able to be more patient with my husband. I want to bring about more love in the home. I want to bring about more love with God in my life. But there's this struggle, is God in our midst or not, these people say, and God continues to show up where we are needed. The Psalm is beautiful because it recognizes our fickleness, but says, you know, let us bow down and worship. Let's be the people, not like the example of the Israelites here in the Exodus, but let us kneel before the Lord who made us. Let's recognize the one who gives us life. And as we think about the men and women who are approaching the sacraments of the Catholic Church, baptism, confirmation, receiving First Holy Communion, receiving the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ for the first time in this time of Easter coming up, and these last few weeks, they're making that preparation to say, I want to bow before the Lord who made me. I want to be in that family. I want to receive 
the graces. I have received some graces from God. I want to receive more because I want to change my life and I can't do it alone. I only can do that with God's grace. And then through this community of, of fellow believers, we help one another along the way. So when we make those promises, when we make those pledges, when we do those disciplines that we can help one another, maybe it's in a weekly Bible study that we're called accountable to show up on a Monday morning to come and open up our Bibles and listen to the word of God feed us. It certainly isn't our Sunday obligation to come to Holy Mass, to come to Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. But maybe there's also this invitation to come on a more regular basis to listen to the word of God, to be with the people of God, and to bring your sacrifices to the word of God. While we were still sinners, Paul says, Christ died for us. Christ wasn't going to wait. I'm not going to wait for them to get it right. You know what? They're not going to get it right. And so the only way that we could get it right was that we had to have one greater than us that had both the blood of God, the divine, the divinity and the humanity to come and to sacrifice on our behalf to give us that bridge, that gateway into eternal life. Okay, the Gospel of John. And I just invite you that uh, this would be, this is really a beautiful scripture to just ponder, put yourself to do Lexio Divina, which is, I like to look at it as, I've heard it explained as, as a movie. It's a movie of this scene. And then you look at all of the different aspects of that movie. What was the air like? How hot was it? How dry was it? You know, was it humid? Were there bugs buzzing around? Are you hungry? Are you thirsty? Where are you? Are you this woman? Are you Jesus? Are you the disciples off on a little mission? Are you the people from Samaria who eventually will come? Are you just maybe a bird in a bush looking at the scene from afar? But what I, I like to point out it, and it is my title for today's episode is Jesus is there. Note that it's noon. It's probably one of the hottest points of the day. Jesus is alone. Jesus knows the sorrows and the woes of this woman. And he's going to show up for her and be there where she most is in need. She comes and Jesus is already there. You know, she identifies in this conversation. This is the longest conversation. I don't even think Peter has this long of a conversation with the Lord. It's this one woman from Samaria that the Jews aren't supposed to have anything to do with. You know, in fact, she even points out, you can't even drink a cup from which I have touched in your law and in our law. And she says, I know that the Messiah is coming, the one called the Christ. When he comes, he will tell us everything. You know, that's in her heart. In her heart is a desire, is a waiting, is a longing for truth, is a longing for fulfillment, is a longing for that refreshment that will only come from the Messiah, which our forefathers have promised. And now Christ himself is saying, I'm going to give you the living water. And so for the first part of the conversation, 
the woman seems to just be talking about temporally what's going on. You want to drink water. I'm here for water. We're just talking about what's here and now, but it starts to go deeper into a more spiritual sense, this longing. Now we're talking about worship, you know, that, that your people worship here, our people worship here. And Jesus says, neither will you worship on this mountain or in Jerusalem, because true worshipers, Jesus says, will worship the Father in spirit and truth. Now we're not talking about water. We're not talking about a refreshing drink. We're talking about something that has eternal value. Indeed, the Father seeks such people to worship him who seek spirit and truth. Spirit and truth. I think that's so beautiful. And this is when the woman goes deeper in her conversation. Now she's not so much thinking about drawing this water, but now she's thinking back to what's been the promise, what's been a promise to the people of this one who will bring fulfillment to the law. And so then Jesus pulls out the card about the husband and, and knowing all about her. And she recognizes that there is somebody here that is greater than he. And so then she goes. And this, I think, is the beauty about the right of election is that for some reason, and every person's story is different, these men and women coming for the sacraments, coming for baptism, confirmation, and First Holy Eucharist, it may ind indeed be that somebody like the Samaritan woman told them about Jesus, told them the story. Somehow they encountered Jesus in a way that made them want to seek further. And now they are coming for that living water. They're coming for that baptism. They're coming for that full initiation into the life of Christ. And so she goes and tells the good news of what she's experienced with others. And that's what we're called to do as disciples is to go and share what has been good and the grace that's been given to us and share that with others to give our quote testimony. But what I love is that the people said, we no longer believe because of your word, but now we believe because we've heard it ourselves. You know, and the beautiful example in this story is again, Jesus has, has breaks bread and, and sits at the table with the people. The Samaritans invite Jesus, a Jew, into their home for two days. So for two days, they're hanging out with Jesus, something that would have been unheard of. But they go beyond the rules of the day because they're seeking that spirit and truth that spirit and truth. Many more began to believe in him because of his word, because of having an encounter with the word. That's why in this podcast, I like to focus on the word because the word is what's going to speak to you. So go back into the word. Be those Samaritans that encountered truth and spirit in the word of God himself into the life of Jesus Christ. And we say, glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. May you have a blessed Lenten journey. 
You have been listening to Faith Moments with Dina Marie, reflections upon the liturgical scripture readings for the Sunday Mass. New podcast episodes are released weekly through the generous support of Mater Dei Radio. To learn more about Faith Moments with Dina Marie, visit me online at dinamarie.org. That's dinamarie.org. May you have a blessed week. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.